only by the Holy Spirit we can grasp the true love of God of how he ransomed us by his blood. And Father, as we enter your throne of grace by the sprinkling of the blood, we come to offer a sacrifice of praise, thanking you for everything you've done for us. For every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And I thank you, God our Father, for drawing your Son unto us and giving us the precious Holy Spirit to help us to know you more and to understand the true heart of God our Father. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for the work that you have done inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, and in our bodies. And what you have done externally for your glory and your praise. Father, I thank you for this wonderful year, for seeing us through every danger, every season, and every place. I thank you for seeing us through keeping your loving hand upon us. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, for every person here, that they remain safe, protected in your loving arms. I pray for their safety, their well-being of their mind, and their well-being of their bodies. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit to protect them in this season and allow them to not move from their secured position I pray they continue to remain steadfast in you and to not lose sight of who you really are. I pray this prayer for every person here today, Lord, that they remain in you anchored well in your love, compassion and your mercy and ultimately your truth. I pray this grace upon their lives. Thank you, Jesus. I welcome you here, Lord. Manifest your glory. Speak to our hearts. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, anyone want to fix that, I guess? What's that? Yeah, no, it should be right. I don't. I'm loud. No, it's good. Yeah, everyone can hear me. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about the last week? <laughs> I have mixed emotions. Actually. I reflect on a, upon a good year that we've had with the Lord. It's been a it's been a beautiful year. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe so much was given from the Holy Spirit this year. So much for us to grow, for us to grow. You know, this year I really believe how interested God is with uh, spiritual maturity. 
So the, pa the party apparently is upstairs. Can we put it up a bit more? Okay. So who likes to hear about testimonies? Who wants to hear some amazing testimonies? Okay. Can you all please go home? I won't say in Jesus' name. Okay. So I have a testimony to share. I love testimonies because that is the cross. That is the power of the cross. And I want to share my heart with you. I had a vision. I had a vision of two believers. One standing, one standing on the side of the cross and one standing inside of the cross. And I asked the Holy Spirit, what does this mean? And he showed me two types of believers that walk this earth in this present time. One of them always talks about what Jesus done at the cross and the other one was manifest, manifesting the power. One was speaking what Jesus done at the cross, one was walking in the power. Isn't that interesting? That we are so full of knowledge. We are so full of knowledge and talking about what Jesus done at the cross. But we are called to manifest the power. And these two types of believers today, I believe, God showed me the two types of Christians that walk this earth. We are called to do greater miracles than Him. Amen? And I hear so many people talking about, well, I'll say it like this, I had the greatest conviction that I'm talking about Jesus and the power is not following me. That was my greatest conviction. Why isn't the Holy Spirit blessing and moving upon my walk and my words. And since the beginning of my journey, I had this conviction that every time I speak by the grace of God, that the power is released. Not to perform miracles or not to walk in His glory for others, but for myself first. And He showed me two types of believers, one standing by the cross and one coming from inside of the cross. And he showed me one talking about the cross, one operating in the power of the cross. That was after I saw a miracle. And the person who got healed wasn't even there. So you like to hear? Very powerful. So <clears throat> by the grace of God, we've seen, I've seen the Lord do mighty things where I go cut my hair. I don't know if the guy's here whose son got healed. No, he's not here. So, so by the grace of God, the, the man that was in the hairdressing salon, um, I preached to him, I preached to him in the hair salon. And, and the man said to me, the, the Jesus that you're preaching about, it's so simple and it's so easy. And I said to him, do you know why? I go, because in every religion, we have to do something for God. But in our, what we believe, God came to man. And I said, Jesus came for us. He chased us. He loves us. 
And he said to me, what about my son? In front of a full Friday afternoon, the hairdressing place, he goes, what about my son? And he's got four, three or four children, I can't remember. And he said, what about my son? And I said, what's wrong with your son? And he said, my son's got schizophrenia and two other sicknesses. And he's around seven years old. And he, ha he cannot even go to work to dress his son so he can dress his son for school because he just would not stop fiddling around and moving around. And his son wasn't present. And he said, is, is the Jesus that you preach for my son as well? Because I want to believe that. And I'm telling you what I can remember word by word. And the whole hairdressing place stopped. And I said, the Bible says that if two or more believe on something on earth, it will be done in heaven. And I said, if you believe the testimony of Jesus paying the full price for your son, your son will be healed. Just like that, nothing else. And I said, you're the... Better? I was, I, you know, it's just echoing me, it's putting me off too. So when I said to... When I said to the man, I go, you don't even have, to, your son doesn't even have to be here. You're the authority over your son. I go, just believe. And I come to pray. <laughs> I come to pray and a demon manifested in the hairdressing salon. And he, he, he ran out. He ran, he took off. And I said, leave him. Holy Spirit done what he needs to do. And anyways, three weeks later, I'm cutting my hair, he walks in again. And he looks at me with a different look. And I knew the Lord touched I knew the Lord touched him. And he said to me, Can you come to the side a bit? He goes to me, Can you please come to the side a bit? I said, Yeah. He goes, From the moment my son was born. He would not stop fiddling. He could not sit on a couch. He could not have a conversation with anyone. He just is always just, just, just wouldn't stop. I don't, know, I don't know what the sickness is called. I don't care. And he said to me, I don't want to jinx it. And I'm looking at him. And he goes, for seven years. And for two and a half years, I have to go to work at eight o'clock to dress my son to go to school because my wife can't do it on her own. He said, can I say something to you? And by that time, I was really teary. By that time, I was really teary in my eyes. Because the day you prayed, the next morning, he comes down the stairs dressed in his school uniform. And he said to me that night, he sat with us and had a conversation. Oh. <laughs> And he said to me, I don't want to jinx it. I said, my friend, go tell your wife, tell your family, tell everything what Jesus has done for you. Because this is the God that I serve. This is the God that I serve. 
and he told me from this day it's been different he's not the same he's not acting in any uh, characteristics as he was before it's perfectly normal and i said that's the jesus i serve and it was after that day i saw the two pictures of a christian talking about the cross and a christian operating out of the power of the cross that was my greatest conviction that allowed me not to not to see why I'm not operating the power, but why isn't God responding? And isn't that a conviction? Isn't that a conviction? When I pray for people, when I preach the gospel, first, everything is for your own heart. But why isn't God blessing my words when I preach? Why am I seeing the true glory of what Jesus done at the cross wherever I go? And that gave me a great conviction to dig, dig deeply and deeply. And I've been a person since the beginning. I'm not interested in YouTube. I'm not interested in, in any books. I want the God of the Bible. And I want the Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible. And deep, deep, deep reflection upon my own heart. Is my commitment true? Is my heart towards God true? Am I doing everything out of the motive of love? And this has been me since the beginning of my journey. And to see this, I rejoice. But Jesus showed me at the beginning of this year that I'm going to see this. Am I humbling myself to see the power? No, I'm humbling myself because that's what we are to do. Am I refusing the flesh? or denying the flesh, or cutting off the flesh to be used for God? No, that's what he died for. And this was my greatest conviction. I don't, I don't speak too much anymore, because I believe the one who speaks too much has no power. I let the word first change me. And I can't tell you the things that the Holy Spirit spoke to me from the beginning of my journey to now. A massive change, but for my own heart. And I pray by the grace of God. There are churches out there, there are people that have better systems. They're more organized. I'm not to interfere with the Holy Spirit. Whatever he gives me, I do. Whatever he doesn't give me, I don't do. Because I learned there's a million things I can do for God. I wanted to be the Holy Spirit. So you're in this place, you will hear the raw truth of the Lord. Everything that he's telling me to preach, I preach. There are some things you will not understand. There are some things you will understand. But I tell you now, keep your heart right. Because what the Holy Spirit is doing here, it's a beautiful thing. Any heart who wants to humble themselves. Any heart. So the man said to me, and I said to him, that's the Jesus that you were searching for, and he came. He's a Coptic Egyptian man. And isn't that a beautiful thing, that the true gospel is being preached? So, I was going to preach something else, but I said I'll continue with this. Because I really believe 
if there's anything that I do stand for, it's this topic here. The grace of God. And I'll, can we have the microphone? Can everyone hear me? Yeah? All right. If I was to say it the way that I see it, the, the Holy Spirit dealt with the demon controlling that family. If you want me to give wisdom and how I see things, it was the Holy Spirit hovering upon the authority of the family, attacking all the family. And I said, from this day onwards, you do not release any words. I go, because Jesus paid the ultimate price for your son. So I want to challenge you here. You know the moment that you speak, God is meant to answer. You know Jesus is not a name that you just keep on repeating. It's something you walk in. It's something you walk in. When you're true to God, you walk in his glory and his power. And I can't tell you how many tests I faced challenges of my own heart I faced and how I kept myself steadfast in allowing the Holy Spirit to operate and to mold my heart. How many people I've seen get wiped out from envy, jealousy, pride. It's, it's beyond me. How many attacks that I've received because of envy. It's beyond me. I share some advice with you all here. If there's any time a scripture you don't understand, you come and speak to me. If there's ever a time where you don't understand something, speak with me. Don't cause gossip. Don't cause trouble in this place. And I mean it. Because this is not a show. This is what God's given me and I guard it with the uttermost respect. Um, how I see you now is how I see you when I'm at home. I don't entertain anything evil, and I wish not to. I wish not to mingle myself with the enemy or any of his tactics. So for, for, for your own hearts, protect yourself. Keep your hearts pure in the love of God. Because the only thing we can overcome evil with is by doing good. So I can't tell you the things that I've seen. I can't tell you the things that I've seen. How many beliefs I've seen get wiped out? Too many. They know Jesus. I still pray, but they've lost their focus on where God's taking them. I have a lot to say, but I'll withdraw myself. So today, 
if the, if if there's something that I stand for in, in in probably the highest respect to the Word of God, it's this topic, last week's topic, and this topic, or probably all of them, I should say. So can we have the microphone? Okay. So does anyone remember the first um, the first stage or the first step on how to prosper in the grace of God according to the Bible? I'm not interested in religion, I'm not interested in a denomination, I'm not interested in a church. According to the Word of God, what is the first step for you to prosper in the grace of God? So it's the people online are listening at all. Mary first and just the first one. Accountability. So I want to ask you the question. So Mary said accountability. Why was accountability designed by God? Why was accountability designed by God? Why did he why did he create it? Unfortunately in a in a in a religious way they've taken advantage of it. But according to the Bible, why did he create it? To protect yourself, amen. Order in the church. Anyone else? So, to protect your heart. Order, God's order. Counsel. Yeah. Guidance, counsel. Anyone else? So, the biggest thing. The biggest punchline from that scripture, God resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. And the way that God sees pride is when you're not accepting accountability. And I really believe in the beginning of your journey, accountability is so important because you have the flesh to deal with, you have sin to deal with, you have the devil to deal with, and you have the world to deal with. And that in itself is an obstacle. <laughs> that in itself is an obstacle. And then, you, and then you come into the body, you have offense to deal with, you have gossip to deal with, you have slander to deal with. That in itself is another obstacle. So accountability is to protect your heart and to actually put you in the right motive and vision to where what God wants to build from you, or what if what is called you before the foundation of the universe. You know that. You know God's called you to be His reflection on earth. And I'm telling you now, I didn't understand how powerful the flesh was when I started to deal with it. I didn't understand the depth of the flesh and the multi-layered of the carnal nature and the old nature until I started to deal with it. And how did I deal with it? I started to fast and pray in the Spirit long periods of time with the Word of God. And that was a journey itself, God bringing up and exposing all the carnal, the old and the rebellious nature that I had to deal with in my heart. And I'd like to share openly in my heart today, Lo. Just from experience. There's nothing better than experience. And I'm, t I'm telling you, 
Every encounter with the Lord was through pain, was through trouble, was through challenges. And then I passed that place now. Now it's out of a place of his office to help his people, to build his people, to strengthen his people and allow his people to understand this is where we're going. So accountability is the most important. and God gives more grace. He gives you the grace to see what's in your heart. He gives you the grace to see thoughts. He gives you the grace to see what you need to deal with in your flesh. That's, that's accountability. He lets you see your opponent. He lets you see what you need to deal with. That is the true meaning of accountability, to see something that you can't see. Because that's true wisdom. If I can see something that you can't see, it doesn't mean I'm more wiser than you. It means God's given me a grace for you to get out of that place. And I was like that in the beginning, like I am now. And I can't tell you how the Holy Spirit attached himself to accountability. Because you know when there was accountability, I share something with you. You know that when I started to see accountability, you know what formed around me? Fellowship. We were able to fellowship because there was that trust, there was that love and there was that unity. People who reject fellowship actually have issues inside their heart where they may be controlled or misled or taken advantage of. Or oh, I'm still in the world, I don't want him to see what's inside. Or there's things in my heart that I don't want to sit and expose my character. Because if you sit with someone long enough, you'll see their traits. You'll see what needs to get dealt with. That's why God created fellowship, to actually wash you and cleanse you. So this is from experience I preach. I can't tell you the moment I sat in fellowship, I knew God's procedure. People would tell me, you see right through me, but that's God's procedure, it's not me. God's procedure of the Holy Spirit, because he needs to cleanse you, he needs to wash you, he needs to deal with the things inside. So, accountability is God's way of promoting you. So when you become accountable to who God showed you, guess what happens? He gives grace. Guess what happens when you avoid accountability? God can't take you where he wants to take you. Satan roams like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He, he devours those who are not accountable. Why? Because God sees pride operating. Number two. I can preach another couple of hours on this one. Number two, anyone? That's three. Number two is grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you good? It's good. So number two is grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is more personal now. This is more for the individual to sit in the word, sit in prayer, sit with the Holy Spirit and let God wash you 
and to cleanse you and to deal with you. So let's say you become, let's say, let's say you become accountable and let's say you neglect personal time with the Lord. I'm telling you, it means nothing. We agree? So let's say you're accountable and let's say you're, you're focusing on your bread in this place only. You will not, you will not go too far because you have to sit with the Lord, His truth and His presence daily. Do we understand that? So let's say you fo you, you're, you're reliant on me every Wednesday. I'm telling you, you will not go too far. Your own personal time with the Lord is crucial. But where I find is that where people are in the Word of God, yeah, they're not knowing what to focus on. They're not knowing where to focus on. Do I just read the Bible? And I really believe that the beginning of your journey is crucial. Dealing with your heart, the three temptations that Jesus went through, the world, sin, and the devil, that's the first, that's the first encounter you'll have to journey with Christ. And I really believe that he always opened against you to derail you from your true calling. Satan came against Jesus, the strongest in the beginning. Why? To derail him from his divine appointment. So what does Satan do in the beginning of your journey? He attacks you with the greatest attack in the ways where you used to be um, dominated or dictated, and he attacks you in this area. Are we understanding? So give you some wisdom. In the beginning of your journey, get to know yourself. Get to know your weaknesses, get to draw boundaries, and begin your journey with the Lord. Very important. Because the areas from your old nature is the areas that enemy keeps attacking. So grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the second procedure. And that's your doing. We can't live off stale bread. We have to live off the word that God wants to give us. So I'm saying this very quickly, but it's a journey in itself. You will not know it until you go through it. Many things are good preached, but when you actually experience it, you will know how important it is. Number three. Number three. Sanctification. We established that the true grace of God that is given to us is to be sanctified. And sanctification means it's, it's two. There's a positional. I wrote it down here. The positional sanctification, meaning to understand your purpose as a child of God. Meaning, God first deals with your position rather than the cleansing process. He first gives you an identity of who you are in Christ, and then He begins to cleanse you. Imagine the Holy Spirit trying to cleanse you and to deal with what's inside if you don't have 
an identity of who you are in Christ. So first, what does the Holy Spirit do? He, he, he enlists you into the kingdom. You're a child of God. He gives you a position. That's who you are now. And then he begins to cleanse you and work on you. Number four. Uh, you can give the microphone out. So for all the people who are in the Word of God every week, what do you think the fourth procedure would be after sanctification? Mary? Yeah. What's that? She saw my notes? No. no. I'm going to have it again. Yeah. Um, justification. Okay. Is that wrong? I tried. No, but 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 it's not a it's not a wrong answer. But for this level, yeah, I, I can't say no. I'm just gonna smile. <laughs> well, bless you. So after sanctification, so so let's let's take a step back first. Remember with sanctification, about going to the throne of grace, and remember what the Holy Spirit said to me is that many people are going to the throne of grace by the blood, but they're not taking the word. Remember that, yeah? Remember what Jesus is? His robe, he's dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. So there's a mystery there in Revelation. He shows us why Christians are becoming, uh, not becoming, they're not washed in the way they are meant to be washed. It's because they're coming to receive mercy and help and grace in some need, but they're not coming with the word. So that was that was the treasure the Holy Spirit shared with me, that when we come to God, we have to bring the word to Him. The flesh profits nothing; it's the words I speak to you. They are the, the spirit and the life. So, a lot of people come to God emotionally, especially when you're in trouble, you're in challenges, and your flesh is all over the place. We are to be so disciplined in the Word of God because that's why our mouths were given to us by God, to speak faith only. Because when we're in trouble, emotional manipulation comes out, uh, desperation comes out, it's all emotional. And a lot of people speak out of the emotional realm to God and they see no results. Are we understanding? You, you, why does he say to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in time of need? You're going to be in trouble. You're going to need, you're going to need refreshment from the Lord. You're going to need uh, healing from the Lord, whether it's mo mentally, emotionally, physically, I don't know. But I'm telling you, he says you, you're going to get help in time of need, meaning you're going to be in trouble. And he's given us access into his throne by the sprinkling of the blood, by what Jesus under the cross with the Word of God. So whatever you're going through, God's given you the authority through the Word of God to actually overcome. So the Holy Spirit is combined with the Word. The Holy Spirit only moves upon the Word. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are Spirit. What activates the Holy Spirit? Word. Okay, so number four. What do you think after sanctification would be the next step in order a 
according to the Bible. Don't be afraid. It's okay. What do you think? So sanctification is to come to his throne of grace with the word. To produce what? So who's someone else? So what do you say, sir? To produce what? Huh? Fruits? Close. Close. It's one major word that sums them all up. Close. What's that, sorry? No. Close. Okay. Anyone else? Right standing. Faith. Righteousness. <laughs> I'm going to give it, once I give the letter, it's, it's done. So what happens after sanctification? He was, he was close, righteous, very close. What, what, what's that? Someone said something? Huh? Anyone? What's that? Fellowship? Sonship? No. Not yet. Not yet. The sonship, sonship is not formed yet. The Holy Spirit showed me when sonship is formed. We, we are now children of God. We're not sons yet. The Holy Spirit showed me where the level of sonship is. It's actually powerful teaching. It's actually very powerful teaching. The level of sonship and the level of children are two different levels of faith. Yes, we're in right standing by the blood, but I'm talking about the levels of maturity. A child does something that's immature, a son doesn't do that anymore. But he showed me through the scripture where it is. Uh, so, next one. Responsibility. Yes. Got it. You got it. Holiness. So the next stage of sanctification with the word of God in God's eyes leads to holiness. Amen. Now you're going to see some powerful scriptures here but you're also going to see a higher standard of a believer here in this scripture. Just to um, whoever said sonship, you know there's a level of sonship I've never preached about, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me two weeks ago about it, about the level of sonship and the level of children. Now I spoke about seven spiritual levels, and I had to stop because the Holy Spirit stopped me, but I will continue it next year. Because we are getting the grips of what God wants to do inside of us. Okay, so holiness. Now, there is an enemy of holiness, and I'm going to preach about it. 
we have an opponent, we have an enemy. And Peter speaks about it. Okay, let's go to the scripture. First Peter, chapter 1. New King James. Can I bless you, Zia? Look at the pattern of God. Let's take a step back. Forget about this place. Take a step back. Accountability to guard you, to protect you, and to actually cleanse your heart. Yes? Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We establish that it's by getting the word in you daily and letting it transform you. Number three, sanctification. Going to the throne at times where you're vulnerable, you're weak, you're being tempted, you're being challenged, go with the word of God to get washed. Now, through that, you're not going, you're not going in a way to go to the throne to get washed and that. You've learned his holiness. You're becoming like him. Can you see the pattern of the grace of God now? Is it slowly coming together for you now? That God is more interested in behavior than anything? God is interested in your behavior. We can hide behind the word of God and we are good at it. But God is interested in behavior here. And I understood this from the beginning of my journey. That I had many things to work on. I understood. He's interested in your behavior. How you behave. Okay, so let's go now, First Peter. Okay, I'm going to break this down a little bit, and then we'll go with it. Okay, so let's read this. We'll, we'll read this slowly, and I'll break it down for you. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims, of dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. The elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Now let's stop there. Now he, here you don't see anywhere else in the Bible that begins letters like this. It's probably in another place he speaks to the elect, but you don't really see uh, the apostles addressing the church or the body with the word elect. And can I just explain what that means? Okay, so the word elect, it means first to obtain salvation through Christ. So the Strong's word for elect is the 1588. And the word is eklektos. That's what the word means in the Greek. It means meaning to obtain salvation to Christ, number one. Number two, chosen by God. Number three, appointed by God to the most exalted office. Let's keep going. It gets deeper. That's, that's just that word. The best of its kind or class or excellence. And number five, badly. I want you to hear this one only applies to certain individual Christians. 
So think about that. The last one only applies to certain individual Christians. Why? Is God, is he a respecter of man? Does he show favoritism? He doesn't. Many are called, few are chosen. That's a story and a picture of a believer who's willing to humble himself and to work on his flesh and to deny himself and follow him. So Peter is showing us here, this letter is for the one who wants to go that far. And yes, the, one, the first level, meaning to obtain salvation to Christ, we've accepted Jesus as our Savior. I really believe our depth towards knowing Christ is very shallow. Very shallow. So here he's showing us only applies to certain individual Christians. And that peace my heart. By the grace of God, I don't want it to be for these people here. We are all called. He's no respecter of man. What he'll do for one, he'll do for another. And that is true. If you're willing to be humble and to walk that path. And to be honest, it's not an easy path, but it's the truth. Through thick and thin every season, it is the truth for me. No matter what I face, by the grace of God, He sees me through in every way. But I hold on to the truth, not my thoughts. There is a way that seems right to man, but it ends its death. The Word of God only and the Holy Spirit. There is a way that seems right to man, but its path is death at the end. Now, why does he say that? Why would he say that? You begin to think. So here, the word eklektos is appointed by God to the most exalted office, the highest calling. Anyone who wants to achieve this calling with the Lord, here it is, he's showing us. Okay, and I'd like to show it to you today because we're preaching in the grace of God now. We're getting, you know how they sift the wheat? It's happening now. And I told you from the beginning, the teaching will get more and more powerful, more and more stronger and harder. Because when you read the gospel, Jesus paid the full price for you so you can give all your life to him. Now the most beautiful thing about the Lord Jesus Christ he met me in every season, and he worked with me and molded me in every place that I was. Meaning that he meets you where you are. If I can say it like that, it is the truth. Did I want to stay there forever? No. But whatever he worked on, I kept cultivating that soil. So I can be who Christ called me to be, because I belong to him. I don't belong to myself anymore. Do you know what that word means? It has value. Because no longer am I narrow-minded to walk in the way that I think or feel by what he says. And saying it is one thing, doing it is another. I tell you the truth. So the next word is foreknowledge, meaning God knew. It means that the word foreknowledge is prognosis, 
It's from the Strong's Force 268, for the one who's following me. It means this is what God known beforehand in order for you to walk in, meaning this is what he has prearranged you. Why has he prearranged you? Why has he prearranged you? To be elect. To walk in your true identity as a, as a child of God. I won't preach sonship yet. And what did, he pre what did he prepare? Look at them all together. The elect. What did he prepare for you? He prepared for you to be sanctification of the Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes to you, what's the first thing that he begins to do in your life? To cleanse you inside. So let's have a read this. It says here, to the elect of foreknowledge of God, the Father in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Oh, so could we just go back, go back to that? I'm not finished there. So the word sanctification, let's look at this quickly, because I'm really continuing from the last time. The word sanctification is the word agismos, and it's from the Strong's 3.8 for the ones who are following. There's three words here. Purify, purifier, and isn't that interesting? When the Holy Spirit comes, how does he come? Rivers of living water. And what are you to do? What are you to do? Purify the water. Work on every aspect that, that, that's given by grace to you to actually let go of and to cut off from your flesh. The next word is purity. So purifier, so God can flow through you. The second word is purity, so God can dwell in you. Number three, mentally to venerate, so God can speak to you. So what's the, what's the reason of sanctification? That God can flow through you. So God can dwell in you, so God can speak to you clearly. Now, I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but I'll bring it up. 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter 1 to 17. The Holy Spirit showed me this, how apostasy will come into the church, and how we will not welcome the love of truth anymore in our hearts. Now, in your own time, you can read this, but it talks about the Antichrist coming and the man of lawlessness coming and the great apostasy coming or the great falling away coming inside the church. He showed me the reason why. And you know what he showed me? When the Antichrist comes, the great apostasy comes and the, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, he will enter the churches when, when sanctification is not being preached anymore. Holiness is not being preached anymore. This is when he'll slowly creep himself in. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was given to you to sanctify you, to cleanse you, to do the work in your heart and your mind. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and to write our names in heaven. But first, he came to destroy the works of the devil in your mind, your heart, and your flesh. 
So the man of lawlessness will appear in any place here when they stop preaching obedience, sanctification and holiness. Can we see this now? This is when apostasy and people will not love the truth anymore is when they stay away from those three topics. Thank God for showing me that treasure because it's actually true. I've always had a, 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 a nag inside when people preach the gospel without preaching obedience to Jesus, sanctification of the spirit inside your, your life, and, and holiness becoming like Jesus. And that is the truth. That is the truth. That's why the Holy Spirit was given to you to actually work in you. Let's go to Romans 15, 14 to 16. That's in the Amplified. Now I just want, I want to open your hearts to the true grace of God. Because if you can see it, you can see Jesus and the Holy Spirit in you. Now look at this here. This is Paul speaking to the Romans. He says, Personally, I am convinced about you, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, amply filled with spiritual knowledge and competent to admonish and counsel and instruct one another. Now he's showing you how you be equipped as a believer to instruct one another. Okay, look where he focuses here. Still, on some points, I have written to you very boldly and without reservation to remind you about them. Again, because of the grace that was given to me from God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, which is us. I minister as a priest the gospel of God in order that my offering of the Gentiles might become acceptable to him. So he's saying now, as a priest to God, in order that my offerings of the Gentiles might become acceptable to him, to Jesus, sanctified, made holy, and set apart for his purpose by the Holy Spirit. So you begin to see here why Paul was sent to the Gentiles, and what gospel did he focus on? This gospel. The gospel that we hardly hear about. And can I say something? The power, the anointing of God, everything else will follow around this. You don't even have to do anything anymore. God's presence will be there. And the Holy Spirit will bless everything that you do because you've understood why Jesus died, you understood why the Holy Spirit was given to us. Does that make sense? It's the true gospel. It is the true gospel. For the flesh, it's the hardest. Because you have your old life to deal with, your pride, letting go, your failures, your fears, all in a bundle. But I can tell you now, it's the only way. And it's the best way. Because when the Lord deals with them by the Holy Spirit, you're free. You're free. And it's true. You're free. You're free from yourself. 
and that is the truth. If I can prepare you for what's to come, or if I can allow you to understand the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit, it will be so easy for you. A lot of warfare of where the enemy focuses on is around keeping you in the flesh, keeping you in the natural man or the natural woman, or keeping you in that worldly carnal nature. All the warfare is based around these. It's true. So look at Paul. Look at Paul's gospel to the Gentiles. Look at the true grace that allowed him to be acceptable to God as a priest, that we become, number one, sanctified. Made holy, what I'm preaching now, set apart for his purpose that I haven't preached yet. And that is a journey in itself. I'm preaching it so quick now, but it's a journey in itself. You know what that shows me? Get to know the process. Because you can get burnt out, you can get frustrated, you can be confused, and everything will become a grind for you. True? If you don't know the process, that's what will happen to you. But because I've known the process in every hard season, I've known that God is working with me in this area, and I've cooperated with him. So look at the true grace that was given to Paul and look at his main focus, made holy, set apart for his purpose. So Jesus didn't just create sanctification just to make you in his image. He created sanctification so you can walk in his image where naturally wherever you are, he's there. But letting go of I and letting go of me is a challenge. You understand, or you probably do understand me when I'm talking. But I'll tell you this, it's worth it because it's the only truth. It is the only truth. Dealing with your old nature, is, it's going to happen. But holiness has an enemy, has an opponent. I'm going to speak about it. Peter speaks about it. There's always an opposition. And then the big tug of war, the great tug of war begins. Then it begins. But as long as you know the truth, you work towards the truth. As long as we're preaching the true level of truth, we can work towards that. The next one, Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Okay, this is, this is Paul again, speaking to the... Speaking to the church there, he says, Now I commend you to God, placing you in his protective, loving care, 
and I commend you to the word of his grace, the counsel and promises of his unmerited favor, his grace, is able to build you up and to give you the rightful inheritance among those who are sanctified. Now look at the benefits here and the promises here if you are to focus on what is true in the sight of God. Now look here. His protective, loving care, and through his word of his grace, the counsel, meaning he's able to counsel you, and all the promises will come to life through his grace to give you the rightful inheritance in heaven for everything you've done on earth of those who are. Is this everyone or is this those who are willing? It's those who are willing. I'll show you in the word of God, not everyone, you read the, different, you read the, the letters in Revelation, not everyone sanctified, not everyone cleansed themselves. Most of the churches got rebuked, only one got commemorated by God. So you begin to see here, this is my doing. This is me now. So there's a, there's, there are two major topics in the Word of God, the fear of God and sanctification. They go together and they make you into the true image that Christ formed you on earth. So look at the blessing here, those who were sanctified, that is among those who were set apart for God's purpose. Again, Sanctification leads you to God's purpose. Meaning, you're a representative of God on earth. You have to see this, because that's how God sees you. Now, many people want to represent God, and I say this humbly, but they haven't gone through the process of sanctification. Now, I'd like to challenge you here. Now, which... Which tool did God give you to deal with sanctification? Which tool activates sanctification according to the Word of God? What's that, sir? Repentance. Prayer is part of it, but there's one major thing that God, that God, yeah, but I'm saying a tool to deal with sanctification. So, fasting. He says you can't pour new wine into old wineskin. So he's talking about your old nature against the new nature of Christ. What tool did he give you? Fasting. It's not a chore that you do. It's actually a major benefits in fasting. You're not doing it religiously. You're doing it through the word of God. Let's get out of that mindset. So there's one tool that deals with sanctification, praying in tongues and fasting there together with the Word of God. But the major one is fasting. And you can see this religiously and say, why do I have to do something to be changed? That's what God designed. He designed it like this. And I'll tell you something, by the grace of God, I've been on this path now, fasting probably six years, I can't tell you the benefits that come from it. I can't tell you how sensitive God becomes because of it. And the results that come from the Word of God, 
I can't tell you the benefits and the promises and the work that he's done against my old nature in fasting. I stopped talking. I, kept, I stopped saying, why do I keep going into this place? Why do I keep touching that? Why do I keep doing this? I started to fast and pray. And little by little, God started to uproot all those weeds. If God says it, it will happen. That is, that's, that's the way I read it now. If God says it's going to happen, it will happen in his time, but it's going to happen. I'd rather be doing something than kicking against it. True? A lot of people say, fast so you can be used by God. No, fast so you can destroy the works of the flesh. So look at this here. Same scripture. The word of his grace. What is his true word of his grace? That you are sanctified. Number one. Number two, set apart. They go hand in hand. Okay, let's keep going. Now, we'll go to First Peter chapter one, verse three, to the next scripture. Could we go to the amplified one? First Peter chapter one, verse three. It's the next verse, but I, but he he nails it here. I checked it from the Greek and. That's what it actually means. The three words put in one. And I'll let you see it. It said, Blessed, gratefully praised, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's showing us the true meaning of sanctification. You have to see this. It said, Blessed, gratefully praised and adored, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again, that is, to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, to an ever-living hope and confident assurance to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So here, we start to see the, the beginning of sanctification and the end of holiness here. He's called us to be Reborn from above, we're sitting in heavenly places now, to be spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. You start to see the meaning of sanctification and the end of holiness. You start to see the things that he's working on now. Now someone can say, someone can say now, I'm focusing on renewing my mind. But there's, what about spiritually transformed? Where you know who you are in Christ. Where you know your true identity while you're here on earth. You start to see there's many areas and aspects that we are to work on as believers. Now I'm only bringing it to you so you can see it. I just want to bring it to your attention so you can actually see it. The beginning of sanctification and the end of holiness is three, these three points here. Now we go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. 
Now we read it in the KJV. There's something here that I want to share with you. Now it talks about a suffering here. And I like to speak about it. Because this can be misused. It talks about a suffering that they went through. Okay? So let's see this now and read it in context. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Now can I bless you in this? When, I'm, when, I, was, <laughs> when I was writing this out, it says here, it says, yeah, in this, this is the New King James. There's no KJV, is there? So we'll read this now for a second. It said, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. It says here, that word little while is a season. Okay, it means that you're not meant to stay there. Are we understanding? So... So we go through trials and, and challenges of some types that I'm going to preach about here. It's just for a season. It's not forever. But look what you, those challenges and trials are. I'm going to show them now. So it's all right. Just keep this and I'll, I'll, I'll preach it my way. You don't have it. Okay. All right. All good. Okay, so here in the KJV, it says, I'll bring it out. I want you to see this. So what type of suffering is he speaking about? Okay, it says here, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through the manifold temptation. Okay, so I want to read this here. I want to tell you what suffering or temptation this is. Okay? Okay, so he's talking to the elect here. We have hope. You know why? Because they're going through the same thing we're going through. If I can say it like that. The word heaviness means to make sorrowful, to offend, or to make one uneasy, or to cause one to question. How many people feel like this? From week to week, day to day, month to month? I'll say them again. To make sorrowful, to offend, to make one uneasy, to cause one to question. That word there is heaviness. That was designed by the Holy Spirit. Why? To question your life. To question your heart. And to question the direction you're going in. Can we understand? So what does that speak? With sanctification, the greatest alarm of the Holy Spirit is the conviction. And I really believe conviction will not stop until you see the Lord. But look here, now it gets interesting. What temptation is this? Trouble from the world? Persecution from the world? No. Talking about sin. It's talking about sinful desires. Now explain it here. The word temptation is pirasmos. 
it's 3986 from the Strongs. It means the experience of evil, adversity, and internal temptation to sin, the temptation by which the devil sought to divert Jesus the Messiah from his divine path, adversity, affliction, trouble sent by God, and serving to test, prove one's character, faith, and holiness. So what does that mean? Is that, does that mean that God is sending those to actually get exposed, or they're already there and the Holy Spirit's actually trying to expose them? That's what it means. They're already there inside of you, embedded in different ways, and the Holy Spirit's come to expose them. Are we understanding that? Because the, the Bible says that God doesn't test anyone with evil. And we know that. But the Holy Spirit comes to already what's embedded there from the enemy and he starts to expose them. That's okay, JV. It's okay. So the word here says here, the temptation by which the devil sought to divert Jesus the Messiah from his divine path, adversity, affliction, trouble sent by God, and serving to test or prove one's character, faith and holiness. The condition of things or a mental state by which we are enticed to sin or to lapse from the faith and holiness. So it goes to show you here the temptation that the believers were going through was to purge sin from their life. So he says here, only for a little while, only for a season, work with the Holy Spirit, lay them down, put them away from you, begin to move forward. All the warfare that Satan focuses on is in regard to you holding on to your old nature. You know that? Do you know that? You know Satan's warfare, his domain, is all attracted to your old nature. Nothing else. His main focus is keeping you operating out of your old nature. So here he's showing us here. Can we put it in the New King James so I can read it as a context? We go to 6 and 7. Yeah. So in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Those trials is regarding your old nature. And it's only for a little while. If you cooperate and if you learn to put those things aside. Remember what the Bible says, the mature have trained themselves to discern both good and evil. So here, all the warfare, all the warfare is, is, is attracted to your old mindset, your old emotions, and your old heart desires. Satan focuses on this area. What does the Holy Spirit focus on? Cutting off your old man. Because holiness, in a way, is walking like Christ walked, but also... He says that you're a new creation, a new species, meaning you just put your foot on this earth and you know nothing else. 
that's how God wants us to have that mind and heart to live on this earth now. So here, this word trial, the word you've been grieved by various trials, is regarding your old nature and all the attacks of the enemy. From the old and things that he's trying to reproduce out of something new. He's always working, unfortunately. So go to seven, please. Now look at this here. I'll, I'll share this with you here. True faith that's not tested is not genuine in the sight of God. I love Jesus and he's all I want. He means nothing until you're tested. I'll make that clear to you. I love Jesus and he's all my... When you go through the test, I've seen thousands of people walk out. I've seen thousands of people go back to their old nature. The, the true genuineness of your faith is with a test. If it's not tested, it's not proven. And I'm telling you now, I only got to see my stance and my true loyalty and commitment to God in the test. In the test I wanted to break and to do things my own way, but humbled myself according to the Word of God, according to the Holy Spirit done what he says and isn't that interesting that true faith that is not tested it's not genuine you telling me I love Jesus means nothing to me until I see you go through the furnace and the refining I see how you stand and you learn to yoke yourself to the presence learn to say nothing in vain when you're going through the problems you learn just to if you've got nothing to say, just keep your tongue closed and learn to allow the Holy Spirit to work on you. And you'll go through different seasons, but I'm telling you now, the way that God sees genuine faith is through the test. And every believer will go through a test, especially with their old nature. So look what it says here that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold, that word gold is, is, it says that it's hidden in the earth, symbolic of our flesh. It's, God puts his hand in our flesh and he takes something that's so sacred, which, which is symbolic of him, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he's showing us here that sanctification comes with a test. Your genuineness of your faith is tested. When everyone goes through the test, people, some people don't walk anymore. Some people don't commit to him anymore. Some people uh, falter and they stay to themselves. But the true test is when we are tested, especially against our old nature. Our old mindsets, how we deal with things, how we respond to things, this is the test that God wants to see. So it talks about here, though it is tested by fire, there it's, it's hidden in Hebrews, I'm going to speak about it. What is the true fire of God? I'm going to speak about it. And I want you to see this. So holiness, 
the greatest opponent of holiness is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, six verses down. And I like to speak about this because I really believe it's so important. Uh, 13 and 14. Can we put 14 too, please? Okay, so go to 13 first. Now the opponent of holiness is this one here. Your opposition against holiness is this one here. It's very simple, but it's your greatest enemy. It says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest, upon, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance. Now what is the enemy of holiness? Your former lust, that you still walk in according to ignorance. You can see this? Your greatest enemy is ignorance. And I can show you from the word of God, how the devil, unfortunately, is the, is the founder of ignorance and how he connects himself to believers because believers want to stay in their former life. Now look what he's saying here. Not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. Now what is the enemy of holiness? Your ignorance. And there are three major things in the word of God that produces ignorance that I will share in the... I, I, I will share... Next year, by the grace of God, I will share. It's very eye-opening of how ignorance is formed and how it's birthed and what are the traits that makes it visible in a person's life to operate in. So the enemy to holiness or your opponent is your ignorance from your former lust, which is your old nature. And the enemy will continuously attack your old nature as long as it, you're given a fuel to live. And I'm speaking very simple now, but it's the truth. As long as your former lust out of ignorance is operating, the enemy will be there. Now what gets rid of the enemy? What gets rid of the enemy? What the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee. What is it that keeps the enemy outside holiness and that is the truth you're not feasting on the flesh anymore you're not living out of rebellion anymore you're not living out of disobedience anymore the enemy has no grounds of you anymore isn't that true it is true when you've allowed the Holy Spirit to sanctify you from the inside by the Holy Spirit the enemy has no grounds of you anymore and it is true and that's a, that's a testimony in itself, but it's true. So let's go and finish off with Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 14. I hope you're getting this because the true grace of God, it's being preached. 
it's being preached. If there's something that I learned this year from the Holy Spirit, He's interested in establishing you and allow you to understand the process. Can we see this? Yes? Because I really believe once these are given, there is an open heaven for you to receive from the Lord. And it is the truth. Do you just want to have a word? Do you want the scraps? There's an open heaven if you cooperate in the true grace of God. So look what it says here. This is from Hebrews. Does anyone want to read this? Mary on read it? Come back from said Mary. We'll read it a bit slowly. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, whom by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleavely entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Looking... So here, it says here, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud, stripping off every unnecessary weight, and the sin which so easily, cleverly entangles us. So he's showing you here what's going to stop you from being a person ineffective. Mm -hmm. We'll keep going. Um, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. No. Stop. No, you keep yeah. going. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Amen. Just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinner such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in compassion, uh, comparison with your trials so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm. You have not yet struggled to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the divine word of encouragement which is addressed to you as sons. Okay. The beginning he started with sin, which so cleverly entangles us and clouds us, then he talks about here, again, he's dealing with sin again. Okay? Because he ends with, I am a consuming fire. So I'll just keep going so you can see it. My son, do not make light of discipline of the Lord. And do not lose heart and give up when you are corrected by him. For the Lord disciplines and corrects those whom he loves. And he punishes every son whom he receives and welcomes to his heart. You must submit to correction for the purpose of discipline. God is dealing with you as, as with sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? So we stop there. So I spoke to you before, and I'll, I'll give you a little insight of where we're going with this.
now he's dealing with sonship. He's not speaking to children anymore. So, so you begin to get an idea of where sonship is going. Sonship is going to a place where you've accepted discipline. A child doesn't accept discipline, he's learning good and evil, and the wrestle and the tug of war is happening. But true discipline is given to a son. He's accepted discipline from the Lord in regards to sin. That's the level of sonship that I'm going to be preaching next year. And God showed me many amazing scriptures that gives you such an understanding to walk in sonship. But the, the level of sonship is accepting discipline from the Lord. And it gets more and more powerful. So keep going. Now, if you are exempt from correction and without discipline, in which all of God's children... Stop. Do you see the levels? Sonship and children? You start to see now. Of God's children share, then you are illegitimate, Ill, illegitimate, illegitimate children, children and not sons. Children and not sons at all. Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we submitted and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more wittingly submit to the Father of Spirit and live by learning from his discipline? So you see the other scripture I spoke about, about the heaviness, you remember? Yes. How only for a season, you go through a season in trials, to deal with your old nature and to put it away, meaning you're not meant to spend your whole life trying to deal with your old nature. You're meant to cut it off. Okay? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplined us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. For the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and pain painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruits of righteousness, right standing with God, and a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. Amen. So then strengthen hands that are weak and knees that tremble. Cut through and make smooth, straight paths for your feet that are safe and go in the right direction, so that the leg which is lame, may not be put out of joint, but rather may be healed. Continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one ever sees the Lord. Amen. So we'll stop here. In the New King James it says, it says, continue, peace, continue to pursue peace with everyone and without holiness no one will see the Lord. The word is sanctification, meaning the Holy Spirit was... Jesus appeared to destroy the works of the flesh, destroy the works of the devil. The Holy Spirit was given when Jesus left to create sanctification in you and to complete that work in you. That's why he says here, and the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord because Jesus was given to create sanctification in you. Can we understand that? You see how important it is? You see all the scriptures that I've preached? Someone said to me two weeks ago, every message is the same. I go, yeah, it's the same, but different scripture. And it is the same. 
Because you start to see all the areas God's focusing on. Your heart. What dwells deeply inside that tabernacle. He's more interested in this place more than anything. That's why I will not preach about gifts. I will not preach about how to be um, uh, successful in the kingdom until we get this right. He will not let me. I'm sorry. He will not let me. He keeps showing me until we get this right, I cannot move forward. And he's showing me, look at all the messages that are coming. Look at all the messages coming. It's for what? He's interested in what, you, what really dwells in your heart, what really flows from that place he's interested in. It's not about right and wrong. What you really feed on in your heart he's interested in. You see that? Meaning the secret, the deepest secret place he's interested in. And I really believe it's the most important work. And look at this statement here. Without sanctification, no one will ever see the Lord. Because Jesus died for that. He didn't die for your names only to be written in heaven. That's the last thing. He died so you can be transformed inside your heart. You need to know this. Because Jesus wants to live inside now. He does. And it's so important. The cross is just the beginning. Jesus at the cross is just the beginning. Yeah, it's finished. Then the work begins in you. Can you see this? The cross is where it all begins. And you have your whole life to get it right. But Jesus got it right in three years. Showing you that it's not a lifetime. It's not a walk of lifetime to walk with the Lord. As you cooperate with him, he will live. You don't need 80 years to get it right. Jesus has done it in three years, showing us that as you cooperate, it's how you live. It's how you use your time wisely to work on inside your heart. Can we understand this? So you start to see, someone said to me two weeks ago, every message is the same. I said, no, my friend. It's what Jesus wants. It's the truth. He's interested in what's inside of you. He doesn't want the enemy or sin to feast on you every day. And what, how does God deal with that? Trials. He stirs up what's already inside. And he allows the Holy Spirit to begin to convict and to mold you and to form you. So for all the people that are in this process, you have hope because it's just for a season. It's just for a little while. But if you continuously choose to do the opposite, warfare and the enemy and hardship will follow you. And it's the truth. So I encourage you from today, I know it's the last session, and I'm not going to finish off with some fancy message. It's actually the cross. That is the true cross, that Jesus died there can live in you. He didn't die just to save you, so he can live in you. Where his thoughts manifest, his heart's desire manifests, and his ways manifest in you. Everything else will click and follow together. But I encourage you to understand the heart of God. That is the heart of God. That the Holy Spirit is molding you and forming you inside. I've understood this in the beginning of my journey, and I thank the Lord that my journey has been safe. It's crucial that you know this. So the first stage, accountability. Second stage, 
grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Third stage, sanctification. Fourth stage leads to holiness. You start to see, you start to see everything that grace is pointing to, that you become like Christ. So bless you all. And it was a great year. And I share something with you. I only do what the Holy Spirit told me to do this year. Every word that is given to me, I've shared. And I can tell you now, God's interested in you understanding the process and Him becoming truly manifested in you. And it is the truth. And it's a process in itself. By you walking in the true knowledge of God's grace, you begin to question and challenge yourself. And another thing also that I shared in the beginning, the division of the two believers, I want you to think about this in the break. After that boy got healed in the hairdressing place, the division that God showed me, a person by the cross, talking about the cross, and one operating out of the power of the cross. I want you to think about that, because this is for your own life. This is for your own life. God bless you all, and I'd like to pray for you. We're coming to this season, and I just encourage you to, to remain steadfast in the Lord, continue in the Word of God, be in fellowship with each other, we are here for each other. It's just not a, it's not a denomination or a group or a church. We are a family. And we do care. The level of teaching should show you that we do care. If anything, hear the teaching that's coming. It should truly show you that we care about your hearts. And I encourage you from today to, to be close with each other. I'm here for you. And I do care for your, your progress with the Lord. But I encourage you to be in the Lord, be in the Word, be in the Holy Spirit, be around godly people in this season. Don't be wild, don't be reckless, because the Bible says a little leaven corrupts the whole batch. Be wise, please. I love you and I care for you, and I mean it. I pray for you. Also, we're having a meal this Sunday um, to rejoice in the Lord and to thank Him what He done at the cross. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He does not change. As long as your hearts are anchored in Him and you've understood how to walk with Him, everything will go well with you. And I mean it. So I'd like to pray for you. Open your hands. I pray for you. Open your hands, please. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Lord Jesus, you're the head of this place. And I'd like to thank you personally for what you've done in this place in every heart, soul, and mind, and body. 
I pray, Lord Jesus, I'd like to honor you in this time for what you have done, what you have manifested in this place, and what you have taught us all. All the glory belongs to you, Lord, by the Holy Spirit. I thank you. All the knowledge and wisdom you have given us is all because of you, Lord. Thank you. I thank you for ransoming them by your blood and transferring them from the place of darkness into your kingdom. I thank you, Lord. I pray a blessing over every person here today that you protect them from falling away or from being distracted. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you guard their hearts from the evil one or the works of darkness or the fruits of darkness or sin, especially the old nature. I pray, Lord, in this season that they can rejoice in you and they can be anchored in you. I pray for this grace to be given to them so they can have hunger to know you and hunger to walk with you. Thank you, Lord. Any place that's inside their hearts that's weak, vulnerable, lonely and broken, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that they are fulfilled in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Also, the, it's open for prayer, if anyone wants prayer. If there's any baptisms, um, please see me or my wife so we can organize it. And we'll see you on Sunday, 4.30, right? Okay. Yeah, so... We have to be out of here in 25 minutes. So if you want to express prayer, drive through prayer. <laughs> but we would like to thank you for being part of this. Uh, we are here to do life together in Christ. In good and bad, in every season, stay close to each other. Amen. Okay. Bless you all.